the Cherokee Rewind. And while it's only appropriate that we have episode 23 of the Cherokee Rewind here, I am Mick, by the way. Thank you for hanging out with us. And my guest t- today, a guy who, if I remember correctly, like I said, I'm a little old, so I, I try to remember I try to remember jersey numbers of guys that uh, played for the Cherokee when they played. And it's only appropriate, I think, that we have episode 23. Because if I remember, Matt Sini, our guest today, member of the 98 National Championship team, you wore number 23, did you not? Uh, close. I wore number 25. Wore number okay. 25. Nice talking to you. Get off here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I thought I got it. But nope, I guess I was wrong. Well, that's okay. I'm only I, I'm on another losing streak of getting it wrong. I, I went on a streak of about like three or four where I got them in right all in a row. And then now I, my losing streak, last, last mm-hmm. edition with Dominic Antonelli, uh, who played a little later, and you now, I'm 0 for 2. I rock. Anyway, well, it's been 20 plus years. So, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll forgive you on that one. <laughs> you're, you're very kind. Thank you, good sir. So, Matt, let's talk here a little bit about your beginnings because I know now you live out east, but we'll start first from your, uh, your humble beginnings. Uh, you're a, originally a local product here in the Northwest Ohio area, a Sylvania guy. Uh, talk about growing up pretty much. And living in at pretty much living at Tamil Shanner. Yeah, yeah. No, it uh, uh, grew up in Sylvania, born and raised. Um, and it was a great place to, to grow up. And, uh, you know, was introduced to hockey. Uh, my dad took my brothers and I out. And, you know, probably when I was about four or five years old, got us on skates. And Tamil Shanner was practically a second home growing up, you know, whether it be there for, for practices, games, uh, for my brothers and siblings, um, all that. So, um, I grew up there. My first job was at Tamo when I was 16. Um, I was a, a rink guard, you know, sweeping the floors and making sure the folks, the public skates were, um, were abiding by the rules. So uh, a lot of very fond memories, just of Tamo in general and uh, the loft and hanging out up there after games, having pizza and um, all the things that come with that. So it was uh, definitely a, a great place to, you know, the, to, to grow up in Sylvania and, and have that as, as uh, part of my youth. Now you talk about working there and stuff. So you were around that. You were around that whole the hockey scene there at Tamo because there was no team Toledo Ice House yet, where the Cherokee now call home. But back then they called Tamo Shanner home. But uh, you grew up watching. Who were some of the guys that you remember seeing before yeah. you started playing? Yeah. So what's interesting is. Um, I can't remember exactly when the Cherokee came in. It might have been like 93, 94 or something like that. It was 90, I want to say it was 91, 92. Okay. So I was a little bit younger, but, um, you know, I hit, uh, I graduated high school in 97. So, uh, you know, kind of the, you know, late junior high, early high school, the the Cherokee were, were there and, you know, we had a junior team uh, that came in. So it was pretty cool. I didn't really know a whole lot about, you know, what that was, but you kind of hit that age where you're kind of wondering, you know, what's, what's down the, down the road, you know, what, what are our potential options and, and having that. And I remember my dad telling me about, you know, he knew some of the folks involved. Um, and uh, so we'd gone and checked out a couple games and it was pretty cool, you know, kind of uh, you know, what that was. And uh, I started working at Tambo when I was 16, I was a junior in high school. And uh, it was interesting, actually. Um, I think you had uh, uh, Avink and Kellemeyer on in prior podcasts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they each did, I think, like three years with the Cherokee, but they came in and I ended up playing with them on the 98 team and a little bit on the, the 97 team. But I remember being a 
uh, junior in high school. And I think those guys either just come into town that season, uh, maybe it was the season before, but I worked at Tamo and, and they both worked in the pro shop. So I kind of got to know them a little bit just through, um, you know, the work and they were, you know, they were the guys that, you know, played on the junior team. And, uh, so I looked up to them. I, they, I don't know if they knew it or not, but, uh, it was pretty cool. I saw, you know, these guys coming in from out of town. They were obviously very good hockey players and, and they were always really cool, um, to myself and, and a lot of the other people, um, that were in and around the rink pretty regularly, just, just great guys and, uh, always made you feel welcomed. And, you know, I was playing, uh, played for one of the local high schools, Savannah Northy there. So, you know, you'd have a game on a Friday night and, you know, be in, be in Saturday afternoon working or something and, and they'd be in there and, you know, they'd either caught part of your game or heard about it and ask you how it went. And, uh, so it was pretty cool, um, with those two guys kind of, I knew them, um, before I ended up, uh, coming, coming and, and, and making the team and, and playing with them and being teammates of them. So I remember them. I do remember, I think, um, you know, there's, a um, gosh, I think there was, um, Trevor Wolf was a, was a guy that I played youth hockey with. And I think his older brother, I can't remember his full name. I think he played one of the early teams. Um, but I remember going to some games and seeing him and, and, uh, you know, some of the guys that were, you know, probably four or five, six years older that you kind of knew the names from, from being around the rink. Um, some of the local products, um, didn't quite know, you know, I was, I was still, you know, young enough that, you know, didn't really cross paths them on the ice, but I remember, um, you know, recognizing the Renegers, I think, um, Chuck LeMay's son, I think was a goalie early yeah. on. Mike LeMay. Yeah. And I didn't know them personally, but, you know, being probably seventh, eighth grade and, you know, sixth grade, maybe or whatever, and coming out, you, you kind of saw some of the names and you kind of, um, you know, that was, it, it was just neat. It was like, it was something new. It was, that was the junior team. You knew it was kind of a, you know, a higher level of hockey than, than, you know, the high school and, and some of the travel hockey that we had and, uh, it was something to kind of look up to and, and, uh, you know, a goal to try to achieve to, to, to get to that level. Wow. So uh, what what uh, sparked the interest for you as far as deciding, hey, I want to take a shot at this uh, playing for the Cherokee? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think like, you know, most kids that grow up playing hockey, obviously it's, you know, you want to try and go as far as you can and you have big dreams when you're, when you're a kid. And, you know, was, um, you know, I think it was around my sophomore, junior year of high school. Um, you know, I was, a, I was a pretty, pretty strong player at, at, at that level. And, you know, I was trying to think, you know, what, what, what am I going to do, do next? You know, I, I, I wanted to keep playing hockey. Right. So, um, and actually my senior year, I, I made the team and there was, there's sort of, it was sort of a development. This was the 90, uh, six club, um, in, uh, sort of the, it brought me out and I was, I was going to skate the first couple months with the club sort of to, to help develop, you know, my, my skills and, and for that, then I was going to, be released from the team and go back and, and play the high school season. And, uh, and I think that was sort of with the idea of, you know, maybe the, the year after the 98, you know, you know, trying out and, and, and making the team. And uh, so I did that and I try, I remember trying out, it was a summer between my junior and senior year, try it out. And that was my first exposure to, um, you know, sort of, you know, you're skating with, with, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 year old, 20 year old guys and uh, junior hockey, especially that, that, day and age it was a lot tougher a lot rougher um brandon rogers was another guy i, I knew from tama shanner and you know he had worked i think at the pro shop too just and i think he was only a couple of years older than me but uh i remember being out on the ice and i can't remember if this was that tryout or the year after but uh yeah, i knew brandon you know we we had you know shot the breeze and never played on the same team he was always a year or two older but um 
you know, during the, one of the scrimmages, um, yeah, I think he, you know, I dumped the puck off the boards and he, he checked me, not nothing heavy, but you know, a, a decent hit, a little late, whatever. But as he was skating away, I kind of, kind of gave him a little bit of a push and, uh, you know, I was more of a smart finesse player. I wasn't, you know, I was, I was 155 pounds and, you know, Coach Searing used to tell me not to turn sideways because you, you, you wouldn't be able to see me. So um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the, the physicality of the game, um, you know, it wasn't my strongest suit and dropping the gloves wasn't wasn't my strongest suit. And I had never really done it, you know, whatever. But I remember Rogers, uh, yeah, I kind of gave him a little push, a little whack, you know, not, nothing too big. And he just turned around and it came at me, gloves off, come at me. And, and I, I didn't drop my gloves. I didn't know what to do. It just kind of, you know, and, you know, we kind of pushed and shoved and nothing, nothing big. And I didn't end up not dropping my gloves and uh, it was broken up pretty quick, but uh, it kind of caught me off guard. I look back on it. It's like, you know, I, you know, I should have had the wherewithal to, to drop the gloves and at least toss them. But at the same time, I'm like, that's Brandon, right? You know, what, what's going yeah. on here? And he had a smile <laughs> on his face. You know, I think he, he looked at it as, you know, kind of a, um, I imagine it's probably, you know, hey, you know, we're introducing the, the, the local guy to, to junior hockey here a little bit. But um, I remember going over to the bench after that and like a little bit later during the faceoff, there was someone I, I don't know, no clue who it was. I think it was someone who was probably playing junior A and was just coming down skating in the tryout to, to get warmed up. You could tell he had the half visor on and was one of the better guys on the ice. I remember him skating by the bench like right after the faceoff and, and had a few few words uh, in, in our, in the, in the direction of the bench, I'm sure they were towards me. Cause, uh, I think he's called me out for, for not dropping the gloves or whatever and, and getting into it. And if I had to do it over again, I would have done it just, uh, just, uh, you know, for the experience, but it was my style and just kind of caught me off guard. It's like, you know, this guy I knew for the last few years around the rink and, and, uh, and that, but you know, that's kind of the you know, things like that. They're kind of, you know, the fun part of junior hockey and you kind of get in and you have those experiences and you look back and you kind of, kind of chuckle at it a little bit. So, you know, Matt, the thing is, is that I I think about back then, too. I mean, obviously, the game was a whole lot different than it is now. Uh, yeah. But still, the fact remains that, you know, that that team was special that you played on. Uh, not only just, uh, you know, we think about all the other guys, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, JB, Justin Benjamin mm-hmm. or, or Neil Price or, uh, you know, Kelly Kellemeyer. Mike Kellemeyer or, you know, any of the other guys up front, Mike Marshawn, uh, you know, et cetera. Um, I, I still think about uh, when you played because you playing, because it, w- it was kind of not unique, but it was kind of not like now in that back then the Cherokee recruited nationally and internationally where they didn't have a ton of, Local, I mean, within like when I say local, I mean like Toledo, Sylvania, Maumee, Perrysburg, or or even up to Monroe. There mm-hmm. wasn't a ton of guys that they recruited from in that area because most of the guys they were recruiting from were from all over the country. They were recruiting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, guys from other states. And uh, you guys also had uh, French Satlos who came over from <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, you had all these different guys from all over the place because the, 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 the thought was back then the, the talent pool for hockey here, the high school level wasn't as developed as it is now where it was, the, it was, a, it's a little bit of a, a more consistent jump to be able to go from high school to juniors now where back then it was not an easy thing to do. It was uh, not unheard of, 
but it was still a very difficult jump to make. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and that 97, 98 team national championship team, I remember um, one of the guys you rattled off. And I think there was, if I recall, I think there was six or maybe eight of us that were, you know, what you would consider true local products. Um, and, you know, Derek Stum, you know, he and I played mites and squirts uh, together on the, some of the Sylvania Maple Leaf and Team Toledo teams. And uh, he, was, he was local. I remember John Jepson. Uh, he actually oh, yeah. played with my younger brother, um, which tells you how good John was. John was a year or two younger than than you know, I was 18 at the time that year. So he'd been by 16 or whatever and playing with guys that were, you know, 18, 19, 20. Um, Rob Kurt, Scott Williamson, I think were were from the area. They played with the the Toledo Storm, mm-hmm. the junior storm. And uh uh, Andy Lahovey, I remember actually playing, I think he was a year older than me. We played against him in high school. And I just remember he was, he was good. He had mm-hmm. probably some of the best hands that I had seen at that time. And he was one of those guys that made that jump. And like you said, it was pretty rare. Um, but back then, you know, there was only a handful of junior leagues and uh, the, at the junior B level. And, you know, I think, you know, I think Kellermeyer was talking about this in, in one of your earlier podcasts, you know, the, you had the USHL, the North American league, and they didn't have as many teams back then. Um, and then you only had, you know, a handful of junior B leagues. And, you know, th- this was something that, you know, making that jump coming from being, you know, one of the top players at the high school level. And then, then you go, you, you try out. And like I said, there, there's guys from Pittsburgh, there's on the 97 team. I remember this guy from California who, who came out, um, but, players from national and, you know, parents from, uh, you know, overseas. Um, it was, it was a, a really, you know, talented group and, and, uh, a special team. And it was kind of, for me personally, it was actually kind of hard making that adjustment, being an 18 year old kid and going from being sort of the top dog the last few years playing at high school. And then you hit a team and you're, you know, I was a fourth liner, um, and, you know, in the lineup, you know, half the time and, I remember stepping on the ice early in the, you know, early in the season, you know, practices and being out there and just, you know, the speed and the skill that, that these guys had. And um, it was just, everything was, was up a notch and it was impressive. Um, but it was also mentally is a little bit of a challenge to say, man, you know, am I going to contribute? Like, you know, I want to be able to contribute to this team. And, you know, kind of, it took a while to kind of, you know, under, you know, get comfortable with what my role was going to be. Um you know, in that team that was just loaded with talent. And you, and you, and you heard about these guys going and, you know, you know, potentially making junior A teams that maybe they're on the fringe and, you know, go play, go play the Cherokee for the year and develop and come back. And, um, but we just had a lot of talent. And uh, at the time, didn't really realize it. Didn't, didn't know we were a national championship caliber team. I knew, I knew the team before had made the title game, uh, but, you know, a lot of the roster turned over. There was still a, a core group of players man, I mean, it was, it was strong and, and looking back on it, it was very special, but um, you know, the, the early part of the season, you know, me personally, I struggled just kind of, you know, how am I going to contribute to this team? I'm used to being, you know, one of the lead dogs, you know, the, the, the couple prior years playing at the high school level. And, um, but that's something that I think, you know, with junior hockey and, you know, it's one of the learning experiences that, that benefits you, you know, for, for life and, you know, beyond hockey was, you know, how do you work through that? You know, how do you mentally, you know, kind of, you know, recognize, Hey, you know, I, I can have a role here and, you know, kind of work and get comfortable with that and, uh, and do that. And, uh, it took a while. Um, but it's something that I vividly remember and, uh, you know, being in and out of lineup throughout the year. And there, there was a, there was a point, you know, probably in December or January, I remember questioning if, if, if I, sh- if I shouldn't quit, you know, just, you know, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not really playing a lot, you know, is this, uh, you know, this, this wasn't really kind of what I was expecting. 
but then I remember, you know, my, my parents were, were always kind of, you know, you, you, you make a commitment, you, you follow through, you don't. So I was like, I made the decision about midway through the season. I remember, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stick this out. I'm going to, I'm going to finish this year. We got a great team. This will be fun. And I decided that was going to be my last kind of year of competitive hockey. And uh, that was, was, like I said, December, January. And kind of after I kind of reconciled that, I, I think I settled in and was comfortable in my, my role as a, as a, you know, kind of a fourth line grinder type, as you will. Um, but what's interesting, when we got out to the, the national championship tournament, you know, I didn't dress the first game. And we played, I think, New Jersey Junior Devils. I believe we beat them nothing. Uh, before the game, I remember I had to put my uniform on because we were doing the team picture. And, you know, there was a handful of us that, that weren't dressing. So put the uniform on, go to the picture. and But I was comfortable. I was, I was excited. I, I knew this was sort of the last, you know, the last hurrah for, for myself as far as, you know, competitive hockey. So I, I was looking forward to the tournament. And uh, my dad made the trip with me and he was always my biggest fan driving, driving us up to Detroit when we were, you know, youth hockey players. Um, and uh, so I got out there and I didn't dress in the first game. Second game was when we played, I believe it was um, the team from Alaska. Yep. Fairbanks yeah. Ice Dogs. Fairbanks, yeah. And uh, you guys are trying to figure out who got the assist on Stum's overtime winner. That was actually me, was one, one of the assists out there. So I was a fourth line player, but then something happened and I ended up playing and dressing in every game uh, from there on out. And what happened was, you know, someone, someone, I can't remember the order, but someone got injured. Um, I know Avink had gotten injured in the first game with the concussion, but someone else got injured. Marshawn. Marshawn. So that might've happened against Alaska or maybe there was a, and then there was a match penalty by someone at some point, but I ended up getting in the lineup and I ended up uh, skating with uh, Kellermeyer and Stum on, on their line, played left wing on them for, for most of the, the the rest of the the tournament and it was interesting i you know i, I they were kind of rotating players you know fourth liners through to kind of figure out who's going to fill in that spot you know about halfway through the game and uh after you know i had a couple shifts and, and i played really well um and what's interesting that this speaks to that talent um you know we get out there at the national tournament you know skate like in practice i could barely keep up with most of the guys on our team but i got out there like i felt like i could play with with the other teams yeah i was like yeah, i could probably be like a, a second or third liner on on most of these teams so i think that's just you know a testament to how good our team was but i got out there against alaska had a few good shifts i remember coming over to the bench and uh and we were losing we, i think we were down like five one halfway through the game and had to mount like a you know a comeback um but i sit down on the bench and i hear bob zion uh you know kind of he was saying it loud enough to Scott, to Coach Searing, um, but he was saying it loud enough. And I think this was something he was saying, I think we found our guy. I think we got our guy. Anyway, I think he was saying it loud enough so I could hear. And I think, you know, I look back on, you know, as I coach hockey now and kind of the some of the psychological aspects and, and you know, that kind of motivate people. And I think that, um, you know, I had, I had a couple, you know, pretty strong shifts. And that was kind of probably Bob's way of sort of, um, you know, a, a confidence booster where I was in earshot of hearing him talking to telling Scott, they thought they had the guy and they ended up plugging me in on the line in the regular rotation. So I was, you know, the, you know, sort of the first, you know, the top nine forwards and um, first three lines. So I ended up playing a lot. And like I said, I was, uh, you know, in that overtime on the ice and uh, Buck squirted out. Don't run the whole thing. Um, I was in front of the net in the slot. I remember whacking at it, a couple guys whacking at it. And next thing you know, stump put the buck in the net and, uh, you know, we were losing 5-1, you know, early first half of the game and battled back, I think, to win at 6-5 in overtime. If we would have lost that game, Alaska would have went on to the semifinals and not us. Um, 
so that was a big one. And then, uh, you know, the next game we played, I think Minnesota and the, the, the third game of the round Robin. And that was one where that might've been where Kellemeyer was out because of, uh, his shoulder, or maybe it was, or maybe it was, uh, you know, someone had a match penalty, but I remember there was a couple injuries. There was a match penalty. And it just kind of happened every game. There was like one person, something happened. And I, I was in the lineup and I remember, I, I think our, I sent out our third line for, for the, the game against Minnesota. And then, uh, was it Arizona was in the semifinals, um, uh, Flagstaff. And, uh, you know, I remember being in the lineup. That might have been the one where I think Kellemeyer said he tried to give it a go, but wasn't able to, to get out there. And I think they had both of us dressed. And if he was going to be able to go, I think I was out of the lineup. Um, but then, uh, you know, with his shoulder or something, what wasn't able to wasn't able to do it. So I ended up being in the lineup and then someone else, someone else got injured or something. Next thing you know, you know, the championship game, um, you know, I, I was on on the wing with with Stom and Kellemeyer and, and probably played more minutes in that might have played more minutes in that national championship tournament <laughs> that I did most of the season. But uh, I look back on that experience and that's something that kind of stuck with me. And it was sort of I played really well. Um, I remember Coach Searing, you know, af after the fact kind of saying, you know, I don't think we would have won it with, without, you know, obviously a lot of different guys stepping up, but, you know, me being able to step up and, and, and fill that role. And that was just, a, it was a great lesson that I kind of took with me, even though, you know, the early part of the season, you know, kind of, you know, getting comfortable and trying to understand, Hey, you know, I'm not going to be as contributing nearly as much, but, you know, grinding it out and sticking with it. And then when your opportunity comes along, you know, making the most of it. And uh, that was one of my, one of my, best hockey experiences was, was that national champion, that, that, that national tournament and, and the championship. And it was just a great, um, sort of a great exclamation point on, you know, you know, growing up at Tamashan or playing travel hockey and traveling up and back and forth to Detroit and Cleveland, playing for a local high school, having a, having a big, um, you know, fun, you know, high school kind of career there and grew up watching those guys and, you know, playing for the local junior team and capping it off with um, helping the club bring their, the first national championship. It was just, uh, it was pretty cool. So um, kind, of, kind of wild how it all plays out, but uh, yeah, I was uh, lucky and took advantage of an opportunity, I think. You know, and for you, that had to be really satisfying. I mean, also the fact that you were a local guy, you know, you were, you know, like, like we mentioned earlier, Local guys weren't necessarily the norm back then, where now, you know, it's guys like you, it's guys like Jeppy, you know, uh, Stummer, all those guys that got to play on that team that were local, that I think that probably had the, got the attention of the high schools. I think it got the attention of a lot of the players saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, if, the, if I want to keep playing after I'm done with high school... Or if I'm playing travel, if I'm a high school kid playing travel, this is now an option and this can help me as far as furthering my career. Yeah, well, and I, I do remember um, specifically, you know, kind of being in and around that hockey man. When the, when the Cherokee first came, I, I remember, you know, I think some of the buzz with the high schools was, hey, are they going to poach our best players? Is, 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 is this and there was a little bit of a, a turf or a little bit of a rift between, you know, high school because Sylvania and in the Toledo area had a had a pretty they built up their high school hockey I mean it was an event on Friday and Saturday nights at Tam Machaner. I remember being seven eight years old and my dad take me out to go watch the Northview games you'd see when Bowling Green came up to play them and and then uh 
Mike Greeter, who, you know, played for the old Toledo Gold Diggers, you know, coached uh, Savannah Southie for quite a number of years um, before going on to St. Francis. You know, the the whole high school hockey scene had been built up and it was really, I think a lot of the, a lot of the local community that had been around that and kind of through the eighties and into the nineties. And then, you know, a junior team comes in and, you know, you know, you get it, you know, the coaches or people in around the high school, Hey, you know, is this going to, is this going to hurt, you know, the high school experience? And, what it ended up doing, it ended up doing, I think, the opposite of that, and kind of what you're saying, you know, the, you know, folks like myself and um, and others who, you know, you, you grow up, you play in travel, you play high school, and then and then there is opportunity to go play juniors, um, and and if you are at that potential where you know you are one of those guys who might be able to go even further, you know, there's a step that you can take when you're 15, 16 years old. Or in my case, you know, I, I graduated high school and and then played a year after and uh, to kind of continue that and um, play at, an, at another level. So I think, um, you know, it's interesting how how you kind of look back. And, and I do remember those, you know, those, uh, you know, kind of hearing about that, you know, kind of the, you know, is this is this going to is this going to impact the high school hockey in a negative way? You know, the, the community kind of had had something good going in that. And it didn't, it, it only enhanced it and it created something, I think, for people like myself. And I know there's been a number of number of guys um, over recent years I'll, I'll see on, you know, either Twitter with the Cherokee, you know, a local product, you know, out of Northview or, you know, one of the other schools who's, who's signing on with the Toledo Cherokee. And it's kind of like, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. There, there's an opportunity for uh, local products to, to have an opportunity to go to another level and, and, and play there and play at the junior level, get that experience and, and do it in their backyard where, you know, um, friends and family have that opportunity. Um, you know, where I know a lot of the guys that I played with, they, they, they traveled in and you'd hear a story about hey, so-and-so's parents are coming in for the week. And that might be the only game they got to see them play you know, all year. And uh, to, to have it in your own backyard, have that opportunity. You know, my parents would come out to pretty much every game, um, every home game and, and see that. And um, I, th- I just think that's pretty cool. And I think it's something where the kids coming up can look and, you know, they recognize the names on the Jersey and, you know, they, they maybe had seen them in high school. You know, if you're a, a 10 year, you know, 10, 11, 12, and you see, you know, kid that was playing high school who ends up going on and now he's playing for the local junior team or, or you hear about, you know, kind of the games they're playing, like it gives you, it kind of gives you a little bit of a, a goal to shoot for. Hey, you know, maybe that's a path that, that I can take. And, and that's a very good thing, you know, um, for people to kind of see, see others who kind of, you know, walk in their shoes before them, able to go and, and, and go on to different places and do different things. Um, you know, so I, I think I was, you know, kind of on the front end of that, I, you know, there's probably a few guys before me that, that were local products who were able to kind of do that and build that up. And like I mentioned, some of the names that I'd saw and, and remembered, you know, a few years older, um, but to sort of be a part of that, you know, and kind of look back on it, um, I guess, you know, it's pretty cool. And, and, uh, and knowing that I think even more and more now there's, there's more local products because the, the skill level, the, the development in, in that area has just continued to grow and get better and better. So it's, it's a pretty cool thing to see. Well, okay. So let's talk now for a minute about uh, the tournament. You know, we talked about, you know, your, your struggle with whether or not you wanted to keep playing during the regular season. Uh, talk to me now, you know, I know we talked a little bit about your, 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 your role in the tournament, but mm-hmm. I'm going to, I want to steer away from the games themselves for a minute. Yep. Uh, I just want to talk about um, the plane ride out there, uh, yeah. the, the little, uh, the thing that they had at the Reagan library uh, before the tournament began. I understand because <laughs> I went out, I flew out separately. So yeah. I, I missed, I missed that. But uh, um, I, 
I understand there were a few uh, few uh, uh, things that happened where the team felt a little slighted. When yeah, we were talking about some of the powerhouses there, and that we weren't mentioned. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I remember the plane ride. It was cool for me personally because my dad made the trip, and there was only there's only a handful of I think parents of, of some of the players that were able to to, to kind of come out for the full tournament. So I remember we went out. I think we flew out of Detroit, and and you know my dad and I you know were sitting next to each other on the plane, and just you know someone who had been around my whole hockey career. It was and like I said, I knew this was sort of the last go at it. So it was it was pretty special to have them there. But yeah, I remember we we landed and we get in, I think these 16 passenger vans or something and we hit LA traffic. And I remember, I remember sitting there, sitting by the window and it was just hot, you know, the sun's coming in through the window and we were just like at a dead stop. And of course, you know, this is my first time in LA. I'm sitting there like, gosh, it must be a massive accident or something like that. And it's like, Nope, this is just rush hour traffic in LA. I was like, <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Um, and we had to go from, I think, LAX up to the Simi Valley, um, which I think was, you know, normally about 45 minutes and, and that's without traffic. Um, but I remember just sitting there and, and I remember feeling queasy because the sun's beating down. You're kind of sitting there. You've gotten off the plane, you know, and probably a little dehydrated, hadn't eaten in a while, you know, and we end up uh, showing up um, to the, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the ceremony, the, pre, the pre-tournament ceremony a little bit late. And I remember, um, you know, <laughs> Well, someone else described us. We walked in like we own the place. And I think that was that was definitely true. Um, and I remember hearing this. I remember someone told me that, you know, the you know, back then there was no internet and stuff and stats and scores and all that stuff weren't, you know, necessarily readily available. Um, you couldn't just Google and see, oh, where were you in the standings? There was uh on like Tuesday or Wednesday, someone would print out the standings and post it at Tamil, and you have to go see where you were in your league and whatever. But someone I remember hearing that we had to submit like our, our record, our goals for, you know, sort of the key team stats. And we averaged, I think like eight or nine goals a game, something ridiculous. I mean, that team was, was good. And we pounded a lot of people early. We did have a lot of ties, I think in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. but we, we had a ridiculous, you know, average amount of goals for, and I remember hearing that they, they submitted the stats and someone came back and, and thought there was an error. Like, you know, how do you, how do you guys averaging like eight and a half goals or nine goals a game? You're like, this must've been a typo. Maybe it was more like five or six. I was like, no, that's, we, you know, we were blowing some teams out pretty bad early on. Um, but that point, like I mean, we, we dominated, only lost a, a few games um, all season. And yeah, I do remember they kind of rattled off, you know, who the so-and-so contenders were and we, we were not included in that. And uh you know, having a season like we had in the regular season, uh, we did lose the Gold Cup game to Motor City, um, but we had already had our, our automatic buy-in for winning the regular season. Um, and I think we only lost three games all year. Um, I know we lost to Metro Jets, who were last place team at one point, and then uh, I know we lost to Motor City in the Gold Cup, but I can't remember the other one. But yeah, it's sort of like, wait, man, we just destroyed you know, our, you know, our regular season, we had a, we had a blip in the, the gold cup, which hindsight might've been one of the best things ever for us as a team. You know, you, you don't go in cocky, you just sort of kind of got handed a loss there. And, uh, um, but yeah, to kind of not be mentioned, it's like, wait a minute, did you guys even like know what we did or, you know, what the season was? And then on top of that with, you know, the prior year, go, you know, making it to the, um, you know, runners up at the national tournament when it was at Tamo, um, 
you know, just, it just, you know, why would you not be mentioning that? And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I know some of the guys definitely took it personal. I think, you know, we sort of use that as a little bit of bulletin board material, if you will, that kind of little chip on our shoulder, but um, you know, all that stuff helps, you know, when you're coming in and, uh, um, and, and we came out and we played really well. Um, and uh, I think, I definitely think we were the best team um, of all the teams played the Alaska team. I think they only had like 12 skaters and those guys were phenomenal. I remember they'd come down the right wing and blast a shot from the, the, the top of the circle. And they scored like three goals on their first three shots, but we outshot them like 60 some to like 12, but they had some guys that could fly. But outside of that, I mean, our team was, our team was, we, we were really deep and we were, we, we were very talented. So um yeah, I do remember that. And, uh, you know, kind of throughout the tournament, I just remember being around the rink, you know, it was a, it was a you know, classic kind of two rink. Um, I think Ventura was the home, the the host yep. team. Ventura, Ventura Mariners. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were at a hotel. It was kind of, you know, how California is. There's the valley down, the Simi Valley. And then, you know, kind of there's the the hills around it. And the hotel was kind of up. So you would you'd, you'd, you'd drive up, you'd be at the hotel. And then when you had to get ready for the game, you'd sort of, you know, uh, you'll drive on down into the valley or take the bus down into the valley um uh to, to go to the rink and uh you know it was, it was very it was california there's there's a few teams that stayed at the same hotel uh one minnesota teams maybe a couple of them might have been there what i remember about the minnesota guys is they all wore visors but they wore them backwards and upside down and uh that was like i guess a trendy thing that was uh going on in minnesota at the time but i, I remember seeing them and be like who wears a visor backwards and upside down and it was that's what the hockey teams from Minnesota did. So when I went to Ohio State a couple of years later, I wore my visor backwards and upside down. I was like, Dude, that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh yeah. man! Now you know the other thing I remember too about Minnesota. Weren't they the guys that uh, they all bleached their hair? They it might have been. There, there was someone. You know that yeah. was the style in the '90s. Though. Everyone had like the frosted tips or the, they bleached the hair or whatever. Um, but yeah, there was, uh, it might've been the Minnesota team, but there's definitely a team there that, uh, you know, I guess the show of solidarity, they all, all, all bleach their, bleach their hair. Wow. I bet their parents were so proud. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, you know, you went through all of that and then, uh, if I remember correctly, getting back to the, the Fairbanks game, yeah, didn't, uh, didn't stummer, um, or wasn't. Coombe Coom came out of the box. He was in the penalty box, wasn't he? And he just came out of the box when Stummer scored. Because Stummer scored, I remember he was I was I was up way up high above. I was across the ice from the bench, and I was looking up high. I was way up high, and I looked down over, and he was like below the circle, but uh, just above the goal line, mm-hmm. off to the side. Yeah, when he fired that shot just under the crossbar that beat Fairbanks. And, yeah, and it it I just remember that, and I couldn't remember who else was on the ice, but I know, but you were, uh, and uh, I remember Coom came out had just come out of the box, and um, he might have. So I don't remember this per se. He might have come out of the box, come to the bench, and I might have gone on and went in, went in on the attack. I don't remember. Um, I just remember kind of being on the slot. I think I probably got knocked down on my butt um you know and and next thing i know stummers you know you know whirling around you know you're right because it was down on the sort of uh to the, it would have been if you're facing the goal on the left side really low and mm-hmm. uh it was a little bit of a scrum in front of the net and uh 
he popped that in and I just remember him kind of, you know, wheeling around and, and going up ice and all of us, uh, you know, chasing and celebrating everyone coming off the bench. There's a great picture of the, 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 the guys jumping off the bench for that. And, uh, yeah, it was a wild one. Um, and you know, just the way that game went and, you know, Wheaton was our, was our, you know, sort of, you know, ace in the hole as a goalie. And I think, you know, I think they scored like three of their first four shots on them. And I think Sam went, Sam Horton, I think, I think they yanked around and put Sam in and, uh, and Sam settled things down. If, if, I think, my, you know, you might want to confirm this with someone else, but I, I think I remember that happening. I think Sam played the rest of that game, played very well. And, uh, um, and I think Ronnie took it the rest of the way um, after that, because, because Ron was a phenomenal goalie. But you look at like, you know, opportunity happens and, and a, a deep team and sort of needing everyone to step in when when it's their moment to kind of step up and do something. And it, and I hope I got this right, but I, I, I'm pretty sure Sam had Sam jumped in either after the third or fourth goal was scored and, um, you know, took you know, took the last couple periods or something. Um, I, I hope I have that right. But I, I that's kind of how I remember it. Well, it's you know, the thing I remember, too, is how people. The, a lot of the guys galvanized around when Hank went down, when Avink went down. Mm-hmm. When yeah. Avink went down, uh, you know, he was talking to me when he did his podcast. He was telling me, and he was real choked up about it, even even today, telling about it, that uh, he thought it was Kellemeyer, and he couldn't remember who else, but there were others that they put his they they put his jersey up and said, we, we you know, so that they would tap it when they were going yeah. by, and they said, we we got this for you. You know, you got us here. We'll get you, we'll get you through the rest of the way. And, you know, and that was kind of how that team was. That's how close that team was. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, some of those guys, you know, been together for two, three years, obviously. And, and John was our cat or Avink was our captain. And, uh, um, you know, and, and I heard a little bit from, from the, you know, listen to the podcast with him and, you know, I never really thought about it, you know, from, from that perspective. Cause you know, the, you know, we had a couple guys getting injured and, and weren't able to kind of do that, but you know, you, you work so hard, you, you know, some of those guys came back for that year specifically for that opportunity after, after, you know, runners up the prior year. And um, yeah, you know, you kind of hear that and you, you, you kind of, you, you can't help but feel that, you know, um, you know, you know, being on the ice and, and wanting to, wanting to, you know, you know, contribute and play a role on the ice for the team. But if you think about it, um, you know, that team doesn't win the national championship if if the seeds weren't planted in in September, October, November, December by the guys, you know, like Avink and Kellermeyer and 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 all those players, and especially as our captain, you know, John was our captain, and uh, you know, he, he was a hard worker and he was he, he made you feel like a part of the team. Um, and for, for myself, you know, um, you know, kind of struggling, you know, kind of, you know, how did I fit in? He was always one of those guys that was, you know, you know, helped you feel, feel a part of the team. And, but if that doesn't happen in September, October, November, just, and as the season goes on, you, you don't have that galvanization. I think, and I think the seeds that were sown early on in the season by guys like him as our captain and Kellemeyer and, and others, you know, that gets to the point where the product of that is, you know, and Avin gets injured and he's out that you, you hang the Jersey and you want to go, you know, do it for him. Um, you don't have that. If, if Avink doesn't do what he did, you know, the months prior to the season, you know, with the whole team. Yeah. There were five, six, seven, eight guys that came back from the prior year, 
there was a lot of new guys too. And, and, and as a captain being able to, um, you know, set the tone for the team, um, what it was going to be like, you know, we had a lot of talent, but it would have been easy. It would have been easy for us to kind of get overconfident and, and, you know, get caught and, and, and lose one, but the seas were sown early on. So that, that's sort of kind of, I look at it and I, yeah, I definitely, I definitely get, you know, kind of wanting to contribute on the ice. I was kind of the reverse. I felt like I wasn't contributing on the ice and, and able to do that. And then I did get an opportunity and was able to take advantage of it, but to, to be a national champion in, I think it was April 4th, I think was the day we won it, maybe April 2nd or 3rd to be a national champion and win that in April end of March, April, like you have to do things right in September, October, November. And all the guys that were a part of the team, um, you know, whether it was leading the dry lands or setting the tone in practice. If we didn't do that, um, we probably, one, we might not have, have gotten a national tournament. And even if we did, we, we, we might not have gotten a result. We did. So um, I know sometimes it's hard to, hard, hard, uh, you know, you, you focus solely in on either just one game or, 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 you know, just a few games, but at the end of the day, it's um, the national champion. It, it's made over the course of the season. Um, you got to go win it and you got a handful of games. You got to go win, um, in the tournament, but it's, it's, you, you set the tone throughout the regular season and guys like, like Avink and Kellermeyer and some of the others, they did a, a great job welcoming the new players, setting the tone for the team. And to that point where that team was very close, um, you know, especially on the ice, we knew what our mission was. We knew there were guys that had been there for a few years. We knew there were guys that specifically came back just for that opportunity. So um, it was, it was pretty cool. It was definitely a special team. And uh, I do remember, I do remember that Jersey hanging up there and, and walking by at number six, I believe. Um, yep. And uh, you know, giving it a tap as you went out and uh, you know, there was 25 of us on the roster and, and we, we all, we all contributed um, to that national championship and, in, 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 you know, probably more ways than we all really realized we did. So um yeah, it's, well, it's a special thing. Let me ask you then about that, too, about the guys that, uh, especially the guys that, you know, there was only so many you could dress. And mm-hmm. there were guys that went out there that didn't get to dress, whether it be, I mean, obviously the injuries were one thing. But a couple of the other guys, I mean, Zach Tortorella, um, trying to think, too, uh, Josh Terza, you know, guys like that, that who contributed during the season uh, as uh, uh, pickups and additions, mm-hmm. but guys like that. And of course, I, I think also Gary Thomas, uh, another guy who also contributed to that team. And, you know, it was, a, it was a heartbreaker for him. I know. Uh, and yet he still, every, every player on that roster considered him still to be just as important a part of that team and part of that brotherhood as the guys who did dress and who did get to uh, skate. Absolutely. Well, and Gary, Gary is another guy that I met uh, at working at Tamashan. He also worked in the pro shop and I, I don't know if he was there around as long as Kalamara was, but I, I know, I think he played at least two seasons. So, um, you know, got to know him a bit um, just from working at Tamashan. And uh, you know, it's, you know, I kind of go back. It's, 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 you know, it, it takes a special team to win a championship and not just a special team on the ice. You know, it takes a, a special team sort of, you know, the, the, in the locker room, you know, the chemistry. People, yeah. The chemistry, having each other's back. Um, it was, I don't ever remember any drama, you know, where, you know, you'll, you'll read about, or, you know, maybe people are part of different teams where there's, you know, there was either, you know, um, 
players that were, you know, either, you know, putting themselves above the team or this and that. Like, I don't ever remember that team having anything like that. And everyone that was involved and, and especially the core group that came back from the prior year, um, you know, they really did a great, and, and it's more than just, you know, I mean, A-Bank was a huge part of it as the captain and Kellemeyer, but there, there was a handful of guys that were there the year before and came back and kind of had, 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 uh, you know, you know, been there, you know, and set the tone for, for all the new guys. And I'd skated with the 97 team for September and October um, of that season, uh, played in five games, I think. So I, I, I got to know some of those guys I'd skate with that, but then it was pretty much a, a, a new team for the, you know, with the exception of a handful of people, but the guys that came back, they, they helped set that tone. And, um, you know, I, I can, I can certainly understand, um, being frustrated, not, you know, if, if you know, looking back and be like, you know, I wanted to contribute on the ice and, I'm the exact same way. I wanted to contribute, you know, on the ice as well. And, uh, but it really, it takes a full team. It takes, you know, what happens over the course of the season, um, how that team comes together. You're going to develop chemistry on the ice, but do you have, you know, what happens when you're down five to one to to Fairbanks, right? That's when the stuff that happened in September, October, November, December, the team that comes together, having each other's back, that's when you don't start slamming your stick and, cursing at each other that's when what our team did was we just kept focusing and we were out shooting them and we were rolling three to four lines pretty regularly that game because they had they had a little bit shorter bench but the the mentality aspect and the guys all the guys on the team had that and and you had that in practice you had that um throughout the season and it was a focus on okay we're getting pucks in the net we're pressuring like we just need to keep doing what we're doing, even if we're losing by two, three, four goals. Uh, whereas a weaker team that didn't have the chemistry, didn't have the guys um, that did the, you know, that, that helped bring the team together throughout the, the course of the, re- the season, they, you'd be slamming your sticks. You'd be pointing your finger at somebody. You'd be blaming someone um, and it would fall apart. Um, and obviously got to credit the coaches too. Um, I think they also helped set, set a, a, a great tone for the team. That's one thing that, that really impressed me about that whole year was, um, kind of seeing the professionalism of, of, you know, coach Searing, coach Omey and, and Zion, um, how they carried that. But, um, yeah, I just think it's, um, you, you don't go win a national championship by just kind of turning a, flipping a switch on for five games, you know, and it takes everybody. And we had 25 guys on the roster and, and everyone, everyone contributed to that. I, I, I firmly believe that. Okay. So, so tell me now, okay, you go in, you play Suffolk to uh, for the national championship and let's i mean we got to be honest here um the de facto national championship game was toledo and fairbanks yeah uh, i think everyone pretty much felt that going in that that way if that would be the de facto national championship because uh it i'm, I'm not saying it was a cakewalk the rest of the way but uh that was probably the most because of obviously coming from behind and again mm-hmm having to win it in overtime against a team that was heavily favored. Um, But still it was not, I mean, you, you still were excited and nervous. You didn't want to lay an egg in the third period, like what happened to Fairbanks. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, so you go in there headstrong and everything and then success, the elation. Uh, What, tell me what it was like when you saw that clock finally hit zero. 
in the national yeah. championship game. Yeah, no, it, it was awesome. But yeah, let me step back and going into that game because Sofolk, I think, went three and zero in their round robin. Um, won their semifinal and obviously got in there. So, so they hadn't lost the game. Um, didn't know this at the time, but I guess Mike Kamasarek, who ended up, uh, I think, playing at the University of Michigan, and then for the Montreal Canadiens, I believe, was a draft pick. My understanding was he played for that Sofolk team. I think Keller Meyer uh, shared that uh, with us uh, several months back when we uh, all got together for, for a little reunion. Uh, he, was, he was probably like 14 or 15 at the time. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, I remember, you know, that wasn't a team we were going to take lightly. Um, and and our team was never never in that. But if, if you look, and the game was a pretty even game. Shots were pretty similar, but you know we we were able to get a couple goals and kind of get a lead and just you know I think what we went four to two maybe um, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember you know you kind of had the vibe you know when we were up a couple goals and you're in the third period halfway through and Searing you know I, the, you know Coach Searing was a phenomenal coach and um, you know I'll kind of say this jokingly but it's also kind of true I had a lot of time on the bench to kind of get to observe how he coached <laughs> rather than being rather than being on the ice and uh, <laughs> um, uh, but but it was interesting how you know he meant one of the things that I think um he did very well was sort of manage the flow of the game the pace of the game with sort of how he handled line changes um I remember Zion, had a stopwatch and when the the shift would start he would he would click his stopwatch and at 25 seconds you you'd hear 25 25 and he's telling scott that the the line that's on the ice has been out there for 25 seconds and we'd always preach you know 40 45 second shifts and uh, it's kind of funny because at the beginning you know you know of the season you know zion be 25 25 we're doing these but then scott would know when the you know maybe leave leave the line out a little bit longer maybe there's a couple whistles there's some face-offs and you have like neil price and and Benjamin out there and Lahovi, and, you know, they're out there for 45, 50 seconds, but there's been two whistles and he, he would know to leave them out there for another 30 seconds. And you'd see him, he'd, he'd, you know, you know, point out the Neil say 30 seconds or whatever. And uh, he managed that very well. So when he got to a point in the game where it was you know 10 minutes left in the game and we had a, you know, two, maybe it was three goal lead at the time. You just had a feeling that, you know, we were clicking, we were rolling our lines. Um, and the way Scott or the way Coach Sharon was able to manage and, and they had done that, you know, all throughout the season, you know, it's you just you kind of felt like it was inevitable. Obviously, you didn't take anything for granted. Um, but, yeah, I think um, I, I remember it was uh, you had a few minutes where you knew it was coming. You know, it's, they really hadn't mounted much of attack. I think they had scored a goal to make it four two with like five minutes left or something on a power play or something. I, I can't quite remember. But you have the last handful of minutes. They never really threatened too much. And then, uh, um, yeah, I think there was a couple face-offs, you know, kind of last last minute or two. But you knew it was coming. And then when that final horn uh, sounded, I mean, it was it was it was awesome. It was you jump on the ice, and you know, you know, I think most of us had all been a part of hockey teams that either won a tournament here or something there or a league title there. But you know, this was the national championship, and the fact that it was all the way across the country, you know, hopping on a plane, flying out there, you know, there was, I don't know, to me, it just kind of added something to it. You're in California, not that California was a hockey hotbed back then, but it was, uh, there was just something about, you know, the big plane ride and all that, that sort of, it was different than playing at the rinks that you grew up playing at, you know, going off to Detroit or, or even Tamo. Um, obviously, 
national title the year before in the barn, you know, it was unique in and of itself. But it was also unique, I think, to have to fly across the country and just, you know, different environment. But I remember, yeah, all the equipment, the gloves, the helmet, the sticks was just all over the place. Everyone hugging each other, um, you know, down at the net and, and celebrating and, uh, you know, getting the team pictures and putting the medals on. Um, it, it was pretty cool. And it was just, it's kind of a blur. Um, you know, the, the, to be honest, you know, cause it just kind of happened so fast, but it was just, you know, I think it, for a lot of us, the culmination of, you know, you, you know, you grew up your, your youth and hockey was such a large part of it, probably for everyone on that team. And, uh, you know, the kind of, for, for a number of us to kind of cap it off with that, um, you know, it, it's pretty special. I don't know if we all knew it at the time, like, Hey, you know, that's, that, that was, you know, you know, really awesome. And, and you kind of reflect back on it and the national championship at any level. Um, and, and that's a pretty, that's a pretty good level, you know, playing junior hockey, um, especially back then, I think, uh, you know, it's, it was pretty cool. I remember afterwards we, you know, bus back to the hotel and I remember being outside. My dad was a big cigar guy. He, he, he got yep. into cigars and, uh, so we're all smoking the victory cigars out, out in front of the hotel. And, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember that. I remember my dad asked me too. He's like, so what are you, what are you thinking about next year? You're going to think about coming back, you know, helping defend the title, you know, go, go try out for another team or, you know, he'd always kind of actually, you know, he'd suggested to me, he's like, maybe you should just take a year, go play, especially seeing like Ventura and Flagstaff, like some of these teams, you know, I probably could have went and been, you know, top couple lines or whatever, you know, you, you take a year and just kind of for fun, travel somewhere and, and place hot. And he was kind of kicked around. I was like, you know what? I was like, and I remember specifically telling us, I was like, I'm going to hang the skates up. It's uh, I, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. This, this was the way to do it. And uh, I was satisfied with, you know, with, with 10 plus years of, as a youth driving back and forth from Detroit and Cleveland, Chicago, and all these tournaments going into Canada. And then, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, a fun, exciting high school career and then making the local junior team, obviously the challenges that came with that and trying to compete and, 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 and get a roster spot and, and being on the ice, but then the way the tournament shook out and uh, being able to, just be a part of that in, in whatever capacity I was able to be. It was, it, it was very satisfying. So that's kind of, that's kind of blur. And then I do, I, there was a party in the, in the, um, in the, one of the, I think Doc McCarthy rented or, or, or booked one of the conference rooms. Unfortunately, only guys that were 21 were able to have a beer. Um, but, uh, you know, the rest of us just kind of hung out and had a good time into the, the late hours. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I know that there was a, uh... That, that 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 was the official party. The, yeah. The, un, yeah. The, un, the unofficial party. We'll 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 save for another time. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, uh, you know the thing also too. I remember. See, because I didn't stay at the hotel. I stayed uh, with a buddy of mine. He uh, he. I went to high school with him here in Toledo, and he had subsequently went on to live, move out to Burbank, and him and his now his now wife were out there. And uh, I stayed in Burbank and I remember we went to that night because I had given some of the guys, I only had a handful of them, but I had given some of the guys a cigar I had brought. I mean, it was pre nine 11. So I was able to smuggle in my, in my broadcast gear. I had went to uh, Windsor. I'd went to Ontario and got some Cubans and was able to bring them back. I, I smuggled them back. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Allegedly. I probably, I probably had one of yours then, probably. I'm sure yeah. if you yeah, handed a few out, I probably either grabbed one or, 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 you know, one of the, one of the coaches or whatever might have, might have passed those around. I know, um, I know, like, matter of fact, Derek Stum still has his. He never smoked. He, ah, never well he kept his. He still has it. But uh, it's funny. Anyway, so I, you know, uh, after I saw the guys then, I honestly did not even know what hotel room or what hotel you guys were at. I had no idea. All I know is that I met you. I knew the schedule and I met you guys at the rink. And that was well, it. And back then, there's no texting or cell phones or, you know, hopping on the internet and checking everything out. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. So I did that. And I remember I had I had to help the Fairbanks broadcaster because he was doing a radio broadcast and he broke his headset. So he borrowed mine. And uh, yeah. So, you know, but anyway, after the championship, uh, we won it. Uh, My buddy came to the game with me uh, and we after we got done with everybody at the rink, like I said, they left. I had no clue where the party was because I didn't know what hotel you guys were at. So instead he ends up taking me to, um, to a bar where of course, back then they had already initiated the no smoking in, uh, in, in bars, uh, law. Well, he knew a bar. Let's put it that way. He knew a bar. So we go over there and, he, we, uh, of course, everybody's smoking and we went in there and I remember it was, um, there was a, a band that was just jamming. It was a small bar, real tiny bar. It was, uh, the, it was like an all-star band just getting together to jam. It was a local keyboard player and guitar player, blues player. And then they had like the bass player for, uh, Ziggy Marley Oh wow! Um, a guitar player for Amy Grant, and then the drummer was uh, Matt Sorum from Guns N' Roses. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so these guys are just jamming stuff and everything. We're sitting there, and I'm feeling no pain after a while after consuming a couple and uh, having a having a cigar. And we're t- and we're and it's just me and my buddy whooping it up, and no one in the place has a clue why. Why we're being <laughs> yeah, you're out, you're out you celebrating know? the national championship. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're it's like, hey man, we got a title here, man. With blah blah blah, you know, and stuff. And they're like, oh well, congratulations. <laughs> and they're looking at us like, you know, like we've got you know like seven eyes on our forehead, you know. <laughs> but it's like it was funny. But I mean, eh, you know what? That's that's what I remember about that night yeah, afterwards, anyway. And then all I remember is. I was so happy when I landed back uh, in Ohio, when I got back to Ohio, because uh, I near our plane had all kinds of issues flying over the Rockies, uh, getting trying to get to L.A. So when I had uh, when I got to L.A., I literally got on my knees and kissed the ground. I was so happy. (laughs) But getting back to Ohio, I was like, (sighs) but uh, yeah, there was a lot of fun out there. I remember that very, very well. Well, Matt, my gosh, man, we, uh, before we wind it up, let's fast forward now to uh, post-Cherokee life. Uh, yeah. What did you go on to do and where are you at now? Yeah. So, you know, I um, ended up going down to Ohio State for, for four years and graduated from there in, in 03. And then I ended up moving out to the Washington, D.C. area, um, end of 04, beginning of 05, been out here about 15 years almost, um, got back involved in hockey, you know, after the Cherokee, I, you know, I, you know, when I got down to Ohio state, I, you know, 
you know, a couple couple buddies I knew that were down there in the hockey ranks, you know, asked, you know, wanted me to come play club hockey. But I was just, you know, I, I took a break from took a break from hockey and was uh, frankly just partied too much. But, um, you know, I end up getting back into hockey um, when I got out here and up um, for the last 12 years, I've been coaching um, a local high school team out here. And then, uh, you know, played a little bit men's league, but mostly coaching now. And then uh, um, my daughter, uh, one of my daughters, who's eight, last she started uh, when she was five, started um, uh, the eight, eight, eight and under program. So I've been helping coaching with that, too. So um, hockey is is front and center, uh, you know, top hobby. And, uh, you know, I, I love it. It's, it's one thing I've realized, especially in the last, you know, six, seven, eight months with everything going on. You know, kind of obviously your your health is most important, but uh, you know, when hockey's been in my life, it's 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 been phenomenal. You know, it's uh um had hadn't always appreciated it, but you know, I I tend to you know be healthier. I have goals I, I work towards and, and getting back in coaching and you know, you know, went for a stint where I was playing pickup hockey, you know, weekly. Um it's just, you know, the the people you meet through it, um, it's great. And the relationships you build, um, and some are, some are, you know, kind of quick, they come in and out, you know, maybe it's a year here on this team or you're on that team and, and some a little bit longer, you know, some of the guys out here that you're coaching each other's kids in the last few years and you kind of get to know some people. Um, and it, it's great. And, um, I love it. And I, I look back fondly on, you know, all my youth hockey. Um, I look back very fondly on my year with the Cherokee, even, even like I said, it was, it was Rocky for, for me personally, the first half a year or so, but, I look back on it and the lessons that you learn, um, I think has benefited me in, in other areas, whether it be, you know, in college, at school or at work and, um, you know, professional career and stuff kind of, you know, you go through sort of the ups and downs and that's, you know, something big that, you know, you, you kind of learn those lessons. And, um, you know, I think the, that season with the Cherokee, you know, you're kind of at the top of the mountain, but for me personally, even though we were 31 and three or whatever, I had, you know, I had some, some low points personally that I was trying to, challenges to overcome and so you know you have the, the bottom that you have the highs and the lows and uh great lessons and then you know where i am now it's just it's it's been fun back on the ice i was actually right before this i was on the ice with my, my daughter uh they started up their, their first practices and uh it's just a great feeling being out there um i wish one thing i'll tell you i wish as a coach you know coach searing could whistle he would do the when he wanted a line change he would he would do this you know high pitched whistle you know with his you know put his fingers in his mouth and and uh, I always thought that was awesome and that was really cool and cannot do that but uh, <laughs> I, that, that's, that's another thing I remember is you'd be skating you'd have three of us going in on a four check and you'd hear this you know you know that would just echo throughout the the rink and it was a different pitch than the whistles that the refs had and you'd see three guys just turn on a dime come back to the bench and the next line change go. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it's great. Yeah. And, and life's been very good. I have, I have three kids happily married, um, two daughters and a son who's going to be, he's been on skates and probably this spring, I just bought him a hockey stick, um, you know, about a month ago and, uh, it's, it's his favorite toy right now. So we've been out in the backyard playing, playing a little ball hockey and uh, we'll get him out on the ice, uh, probably this spring at some point. So Life's been good. I've been keeping tabs with the Cherokee, obviously, kind of following that. So, you know, I know, uh, you know, Coach Miller. Uh, so I actually played hockey with his brother growing up um, for, for a number of years. So I, I knew um, knew knew Kenny uh, or Ken um, and his dad, obviously, 
from from my youth, but uh, been keeping tabs on the Cherokee and um, you know try to help them out if there's players out here that um, you know are, are are looking to you know for a junior experience and, and getting out of. There are a couple of local local junior teams, but uh, you know try to kick some players their way if, uh, if there's guys that you know are here that that you know play at that level that that want to get um, maybe you know move out of town and, and have that experience. So. Um, been following the Cherokee the last few years and a little more than, um, and it's, it's just cool. It's the hockey's round. Get ready. You know, once we wrap this up, we'll go watch the Tampa, Tampa Bay uh, Islanders uh, at the end of that game. And uh, I love it, man. It's uh, life's, life's been good. Very blessed. Yep. Amen to that. Well, buddy, I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, first off, uh, before we go, uh, two questions I always ask. One, do you remember your first goal? I scored not in the 98 season, but I scored one goal in the 97 season. And I was standing on the back of the, and it's the only goal I scored in junior hockey. Um, I was standing on sort of the back door. There was a scrum in front of the net. You know, I was, I was on the left side. Is that Tamashan or I was, it was, it was on the side where the loft is looking down. And I typically played left wing. I was a right-hander, but I, I, I play left wing usually. And just kind of came in. I, the puck just kind of squirted out. It was a regular season game early on, and I just you know buried it back in the back of that one and only goal. So not going to confuse it with anything else. <laughs> oh, you have that, but at least yeah. you scored. So now, and then of course the other thing is, uh, do you have uh, anything you want to say to Cherokee Nation before we wind her up? You know, I I think the the one thing I'd say. You know, I think for the for the, the the past, then you know, probably a lot of guys look back at their time, and there, there's there's a lot of things that we learn, lessons we learn, and this and that. But I think for the guys and you know that are either in it or going into it, you know, the takeaway that I have is you know, if you're playing at that level, hockey's been a big part of your life, and it's it's you know, making it as fun as it can be. Obviously, challenging yourself, pushing yourself to continue development. But for the, the young guys that are going to, you know, go on to, you know, other things afterwards and, and go to school, go to go work and, and all that, you know, yeah, hockey's hockey's a very special thing. It's a very to me, it's a gift that that all of us that were introduced to it, whether it's through our parents or friends or family, whatever. It's a gift. It's, it's a lifestyle. They say hockey's a lifestyle. Right. It's not a, not necessarily Amen. a sport. And, and I guess. It would be to, you know, you might need a break from it, but keep keep it close. Keep it close by because, you know, you get into college, you get into the workforce, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be stresses of life and, and whatever that is. But whether it's following the NHL playoffs or you're going to some pickup games or kind of getting back on the ice in the men's league or something or getting involved with the youth thing, you know, the things that you really enjoyed when you were a kid that, you know, gave you your dreams and stuff that you want to do and the, and the challenges and all the things you had. Just keep it close by because, uh, you know, it, it'll be a good thing when when you kind of circle back around to it. So that's that's the only thing I have for Cherokee Nation. I do have a question for you, Nick, though. And, OK, and go for it. If we have if we have a, a few minutes. Got all you, the time you need. You saw a lot of hockey uh, with the Cherokee mm-hmm. and you kind of spoke a little bit about this. Obviously, the 90s was the clutch and grab era and stuff and not as many teams, a lot of talent. Um, but just over the time, like. You know, I took a break from hockey from basically 99 until 2008. So about a, a decade there, just really got away from it. Didn't really watch the NHL. I remember the year they had the strike. I just, I, I wasn't even paying attention to, you know, the comeback and this and that. But from your perspective, what, 
at the junior level, like what, what changed the most, you know, obviously the rules change, the games change, the development change, but like what changed the most that, that, that was most exciting. I think to see the evolution of the sport. Well, I think probably the biggest things that changed were, uh, it, it, it can, it was a dual edged sword, but it was the addition of more teams and more leagues. And especially at the, what you would consider the junior B level, but they changed it around and, and moved it and bumped it up instead of having uh major junior Remember before where the USHL was considered major junior. Mm-hmm. And then you had junior a, which was the North American league. And then you had a bunch of junior B leagues. Well, they changed the system around a little bit and they had, and now they have tier one, tier two and tier three. Uh, and they called uh, the tier three back, back in those days, tier three, junior a. Uh, and uh, so I think more kids, it, it, it kind of, I think they did it to kind of take the quote unquote stigma away from, you know, playing junior B or junior C. Uh, and because uh, the junior C teams were more the teams that were out on the coast down in Florida that because that those were the programs that were just starting. OK, mm-hmm. so they didn't have a lot of talent to draw from regionally around the area. Right. So I think that, uh, you know, changing some of the designations, I think, helped. I think it sparked a little more interest as far as kids wanting to play uh, and saying, you know, hey, I play junior A hockey. Well, the the dual the, the opposite side of that was the fact that putting all these teams out there, that's great to grow the game, but it does come at a small price. And that is that the product tends tended to water down a little bit. OK, so it's getting to a point now where it is starting to uh kick back up and and speed back up again where the kids that now play at um at the lower level because see that was the thing about what you guys did back then in junior b okay you guys the the guys that played junior b back then could easily hang with the guys that play the nahl right now okay easily and if not they could kick their butts all right i'm convinced of it i've watched enough of it and, you know, I know obviously coaches and stuff that coach now won't say that. Uh, but and then this is no disrespect to the kids that play today because the kids that play today are are bigger, faster. You know, they do a lot of uh, things different. And, but they don't have uh, the, the, the clutch and grab. They don't have all the physicality you guys did back then. OK, they didn't they don't have uh, all of that. Uh, the, you know, thing, the little things like the red line. You know, mm-hmm. taking the red line out of the game. You know, I mean, there's all these little things that add up, and they change. That's what changed the game. So, yeah. to me, from that point to this point, uh, you know, the kids that play now, oh heck, no, I wouldn't want to play them because they're so much faster and everything. But I think that the the hand-eye coordination now or then versus now, I we had a, we had an alumni game here a few years ago. And I was watching some of the players from the older guys, you know, and versus some of the younger guys, the younger guys could move the puck. They could dart in and out of the corners and everything and whatnot. But the guys that played back in the day, they didn't need to try and dart here and there. They just stick handled. They would stick handle through guys like nothing. And I'm talking about the young guys would, they would stick handle through the young guys like nothing. And, and the, the hands, the hands were still there. 
You know, I mean, I, I, you know, we pick on Stum a lot, Stummer, because we just like to pick on Stummer. Oh yeah, but, oh I know. <laughs> but the thing is, I absolutely love that guy. And the thing is, I watched him play in that alumni game, and he's he he's a little he's a big boy, but he's still got hands like like nobody's business. I mean, I watched him. I watched him uh, to move that puck and play, and it was like, oh my gosh, you know. And and you know, I get that question a lot, especially from the older guys. Do, you know, what what is what are the way that we played? Could we hang with the guys of today? And in my mind, absolutely no doubt. You know, and that's not a saying that the 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 uh, the guys that play junior A today, tier three junior A or whatever, uh, that they and that they're literally nothing more than glorified junior B. No, see the thing is, is that back then there weren't like you said at the outset of this, there weren't that many hockey teams. Period. At no matter what level, you know, there was there was only a X number of major junior teams, X number of NAHL teams, X number of junior B teams, you know, junior leagues. So you had your opportunities weren't very many. So the really there were still really good talented players that were able to filter down. Yep. And you guys were a, a, a byproduct of that and a benefactor of that. So that's that's the difference. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. What um what would be your message for the Cherokee? This is my last question. What would be your message for Cherokee Nation? All the players past and you know present and future coming through. You know. You know I think it's just please play with an attitude of gratitude to the young guys, I'd say. And very simply, just play with gratitude because, you know, uh, tomorrow's not promised. We had to uh, say goodbye to a player that we had uh, from about a decade, not quite, a little less than a decade ago, who lost his life in a motorcycle accident and uh, about a month ago, and a little less than a month ago. And the thing is, is that it just, it was one of those things where you re- you have to realize you know, life is meant to be lived because tomorrow's not promised. So be sure to enjoy the moment. You know, yeah, you're going to have some tough times. You're going to have some things that really upset you. And you're going to have things that, you know, you're going to be face disappointment, uh, crisis, uh, all kinds of different things, just the, the, what we call life, real life. But the thing is, is that you've got to be able to find a way to embrace it and say, even though there are tough times, I'm still going to be happy. I'm still going to trudge ahead and try to live my life to the fullest because I know I don't have tomorrow guaranteed. That would be my, my message to both, both camps, but to the older guys, especially thank you because of what you guys did for me. You know, you got to let me, uh, I always tell people I got to watch hockey not pay for it you know? <laughs> yeah i mean I, I probably would have been there as a fan if i wasn't there as a broadcaster and just being able to do that that was a gift for me and i have benefited greatly from it and you know so this is just my little small way of saying thank you is to let the especially the younger guys know that the reason that the cherokee were uh, so successful all those years was because of the guys that they brought in here whether it was coaching staff and players or whoever, but that they're more than just names on a piece of paper or a banner you might see in the rink. These guys all have stories. These guys all have stories to be heard from and told. And this is just my way of giving you guys a platform to be able to share your story a little bit and tell the people that, hey, you know what? The Cherokee are not just what's happening right now. 
but we have a legacy of guys that uh, that went through this, no matter how short or how long, they went through this. And because of them, you're here now and you're adding to that legacy. So make the most of it. Well, and and, and on that, you know, I've, I've enjoyed listening to, the, to some of the podcasts that you've done and some of the guests you've had and kind of learning some things I didn't know and um, things like that. It's, you know, especially I think for the older guys to be able to kind of reflect back, tell stories, you know, take a moment and kind of, you know, you know, go back to the, you know, the glory day, you know, um, it's cool, but it's, it's all part of the experience. And, uh, and for you to organize and do this, and, and obviously you've seen a lot of hockey and met a lot of people over, over the years. Um, you know, thank you for doing that. It's, it's like I said, you know, life's, life's very short. And for a lot of people, their year or two or three years of the Cherokee was, was a, a unique special time and to be able to relive it, to be able to hear other people's perspectives and, and their, and their things that they, they enjoyed about it. Um, I think it's a special thing. So I, I really appreciate, I appreciate, you know, me having the opportunity to kind of share my perspective over, you know, that, that 97, 98 season and, and some of the stories that came of that. And as a local guy out of Sylvania and seeing, seeing the team come aboard and sort of having a goal to strive to, to play for them and, and obviously getting to realize that. And then obviously, you know, wrapping it up with a national championship, it was, uh, it's awesome. And to be able to, you know, take an hour out of the day to, to, to share a few stories and, and kind of go back down memory lane. It's, it's been pretty cool. So thank you. Thank you for doing this. Well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it from here. Thank you so much for tuning in here for the Cherokee Rewind, episode number 23. And don't forget, you can follow us on uh, podbean.com, cherokeerewind.podbean.com. You can sign up. Just let us know that these drop every Wednesday and Saturday, so that'll uh, let you know when they drop. So soon, uh, be sure to give us a follow and uh, let us know what you think, you know, and throw out some names of other players you want to see featured here on the Cherokee Rewind. So for Matt Cini, a big thank you to you, sir. And I am Mick. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.